This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or a cross of coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we got one of our good friends with us, Chris Meese from Authentic Church, 322 Lindsay Street, Alcoa. Uh, come worship with us at 10 a.m. Got the worship leader sitting right here to my left. I am married to her, so I'm not biased or anything. Hi. But she's awesome. You can check out her album that she released back in the summer at marygamboamusic.com or you can stream it anywhere you stream your music. You will not be disappointed. And we have Shelby with us. who will be reading here in just a little bit and throwing her input in, in the podcast today. Uh, but before we get started with uh, finishing up Mark chapter 10, and we're going to talk about something really deep because I was asked a question by a podcast listener today. Shout out to my man, Rob. What's up? Uh, so we're going to go to something that he asked me about, about uh, getting angry with God. Is it all right to get mad at God? Is it all right to ask God questions? And I like what you said before we started recording about God invites our questions. We'll, we'll let you talk about more about that later on if you want. But as we get started, why don't you pray for us and we'll, we'll let her rip. Okay. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have just to study your word. Let us not take it for granted. But thank you that this word was written and your word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the man of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, thoroughly equip us for everything that we're about to walk into. Because you see the end from the beginning. You know what we, um, what we have before us tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Um, in, in all the coming days, thank you. you see it before we ever get there. So thank you for uh, equipping us and preparing us for what's to come. So we ask you for wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. We ask that you illuminate our, our minds tonight and you reveal this word to us. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Two words you said in the prayer, illuminate and reveal. It's exactly what Jesus is doing in this in chapter 10. He's illuminating and revealing the heart of his disciples and these religious leaders, the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he talked, the, the Pharisees come to him, we talked about this in the last podcast, and asked him about uh, divorce and remarriage. And Jesus says, says Moses permitted this because of the, the hardness of your hearts. And then the disciples didn't want the, the parents bringing their children to Jesus. After Jesus had just told them a couple of chapters ago, let the children come to me, uh, which shows you where their heart's at. <clears throat> and then, uh, what was it, the, the, the rich young ruler, right? Mm-hmm. He'd come running up to Jesus, kneels down to Jesus, <clears throat> and says, you know, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, he says, oh, I've been doing all this. He's so excited. But then Jesus says, go sell all your stuff and give all your money to the poor. And, you know, he goes away sad. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus and asking how to get into heaven and he tells you and you walk away from him telling him no, face to face? It'd be pretty rough. Um, but it just shows where his heart, his heart was in his stuff, right? And so 
I think Mark chapter 10, a lot of this is dealing with the heart. And we're going to come back to that. I want to revisit that because of what uh, my man Rob asked me about today, uh, about being angry with God. Because if you have not, if in your Christian walk, or, or how do you want to put this, in our walk with Christ, I mean, the disciples, it happened to the disciples. It's, I guess it's happened to a lot of people in the Old Testament and New Testament. I was doing some studying on it today, and we'll take a look at some examples but early, uh, later on. But at some point in time, it's going to happen. Something's, something's going to happen. A, a life challenge is going to come. A storm's going to come, however you want to put it. And it just knocks us off our rhythm, the, our, our life rhythm and, and our hearts. We get, people get angry with God. They get mad at God. They question God. They get upset with God, however you want to put it. And, and so what we're going to talk about, how do you deal with that when those, when those storms come? And we do question God or get angry with God. So we'll come back to that. But first, let's finish up chapter 10 with talking about the two things that's left here uh, in Mark 10 are, um, oh, what is the first one? Jesus I forget. predicts his death a third time. Yeah. Jesus is going to tell his disciples that, that he's about to die. And ironically enough, in the very next chapter is the triumphal entry. So they're about to march into Jerusalem. And the second thing that we're going to talk about is, is uh, real quickly is blind Bartimaeus being healed. And that's the last thing that Jesus does before he marches into Jerusalem. He's going to be dead in a week. I mean, he's going to be dead by Friday. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. Uh, and uh, here's another spoiler alert. Three days later, he's he's back alive. <laughs> Hope. Hope has a name. All right. So, uh, Shelby, let's see. Why don't you start reading in verse um, 32 through 37. I think that's where I'm going to stop. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We this were, is like the third or fourth time he's told them, right? Because he just told them in the last chapter, right? We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Okay, so <clears throat> this time Jesus tells them, I'm going to die, be betrayed. Last time he said, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again. This time he goes into detail. In verse 34, they're going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to flog me, which is uh, with a whip, which is that, you know, they use uh, the whip cat with the, uh, yeah, the cat and nine tails. It's got bone uh, in the ends of it. Broken pottery. Broken pottery. It just, it's sharp designed to rip, dig in your flesh and rip it off, right? Wherever those suckers are. So it, it, you think about this, and, and he says, and, and they're going to kill him back three days you know, I'm going to rise again. But he's saying he's speaking in third person. Um, but he goes into detail what's going to happen. And these guys, if they would have just took some time to think about it, surely they would have known some of the prophecies from the prophets and the Psalms, right? Mm -hmm. 
because they're Jews. They've been taught this their whole life. They've heard this stuff was since I was a little boy about the Messiah. They've been taught this stuff in synagogue, but they just, they, they just don't get it over and over and over again. He, he, you know, they just they're like us. They just sometimes don't get it. Well, and we've talked about that so many times <clears throat> because they were expecting this military ruler, somebody to come in and take charge and displace the Romans, yeah. right? That was their understanding of what the Messiah was going to be. Misconception. Right, that, mm-hmm. there, that there was a kingdom that was coming on the earth that that he was going to lead. Um, and not, not just the disciples, the, the religious leaders saw the same thing. Right, not the suffering part. But you know, even with what's what's here... If you look back at Isaiah, when he is describing, you know, from hundreds of years in in the past, what's going to happen, you know, that they would beat him, that they would pull out his hair, that they would rip out his beard, that, you know, that he would be beaten. beyond the likeness of man. Right. You couldn't recognize him. Like, beaten to a bloody pulp so much that you could not recognize him. That was... That was a, a scripture that they knew mm-hmm. from Isaiah. And Isaiah 52 says that, that he's beaten so bad you wouldn't even recognize he was a dude. Right. That's what they're saying. You know, I mean, so that stuff was no surprise, but I don't think that they equated that with the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Look, you took tweezers the other day and pulled out one of my ear hairs that was growing on the side of my ear because I couldn't get it with my finger. <laughs> At least it wasn't it, my nose hair. It brought a tear <laughs> to my eye. It hurt so bad. Yeah. And Jesus is having his beard ripped off his face, you know, and they're beating him and, and mocking him. And, and he's telling them this, and you would think that they would at least take some time to say, what's going on? Why is this happening? We don't understand. Mm-hmm. Which would be a great question to ask, right? But you remember from the last chapter, because they did the same exact thing in the last chapter when Jesus told them this, and it says they didn't understand, but they were afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. That's where they messed up. Now he goes into a lot more detail of what's going to happen. and So he's giving them another chance. Hey, you don't understand? Ask, right? But they don't do that again. And the last time, as they were walking to where they were going, they were they were arguing about something amongst the 12. Who's and, the greatest? Who's yeah, the greatest? When they got to the house, Jesus, the greatest. Jesus says, oh, no. what are y'all talking hey, about? What, 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 are y'all, what are y'all arguing about? They didn't want to answer, answer him. And so he just calls them out, <laughs> just like he does with the religious leaders at times. You know, yeah. he's like, "I know what y'all are arguing about, but if you want to be the greatest, you got to be a be the least, the least yeah. right? Be the servant of all." Because, like you said, they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. He just told them, "I'm going to die." Now here he is, tell them again. One chapter later, we don't know how many days it's been, but it, it hadn't been very many. But you talked about, I think, it was the last podcast, how quickly we forget. We are right. leaky vessels. Yeah, we're yes. leaky vessels. And so he, he, he tells them again, and, and James and John just go right. I mean, it's, it's, it's like when he told me, just went right over their head, and they're like, hey, when you know, when you die, when you're, or when, when, after you die, your kingdom begins, can we sit at your right hand and your left? In other words, places of honor, places of power, places of authority. Because we're sons of thunder, right? You know, you know, we get special privileges anyway, Peter, James, and John, right? I wonder if it's uh, if they really did understand a little bit more this time around than the last time, um, you know. And, and specifically, you mentioned Sons of Thunder. I mean, I, earlier I was thinking like we have to 
understand kind of the heart of these two men and they were labeled the sons of thunder and if you look in Luke 9 they wanted to call down fire on a Samaritan village right. because they rejected yeah. Jesus and Jesus you know stops and he's like no it's okay I, I don't need you to defend me you know but it's the zeal it's the passion mm. in their heart for Jesus that I believe causes them to ask this question and it's and obviously some some skewed things in there also you know some maybe some pride or some uh, they're puffed up a little bit you said you know we're, we've been labeled the sons of thunder you know we we have special privileges with Jesus you know Peter James and John we're in the top three you know it's us but but I think this question also comes from a place of just their passion and their zeal their desire to be close to Jesus their desire to to know him for who he is and to to sit like you said in power in authority with him right you know um, but definitely there is a little bit of an issue here and you see it later on when they the rest of the disciples are like what are you doing like that's not okay yeah like why are you trying well, to overstep us we're all we were all chosen yeah. by him <laughs> you know it's like what who are you yeah. you know you're one of right. us yeah you know, a friend of mine recently was talking about this scripture, and he suggested that perhaps James and John were uh, cousins of Jesus mm-hmm. because of just some of the familial ties that seem to be there in the scripture. And if they felt like they were related to him, mm-hmm. then that might also feed that. Well, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're your cousin, so we get we get first dibs, right? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, at that those places of power and prestige. That was Charlie talking about that, but I've heard yeah. somebody else say that, too, this week. So, and, I, and, and I've never heard of that. We don't know for that. sure, yeah, I've never but they were too. certainly not but Peter, James, and John. discerning what was going on. Peter, James, and John got special treatment. Yeah. They're, def- they're definitely Inner set circle. apart. There right. definitely was yeah, something sure. different about those, yeah. those three. Right. For sure. I had a thought. It just left me. Oh, maybe I'll think of it here in a minute. Um, but oh yeah, I remember what it was now. But because oh, what you were saying, they were indignant. You know, the, um, the, they got upset. The other, the rest of the yeah, the rest, the other nine got upset, which includes Judas, by the way. He, 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 he They're all upset. But but you know, we we, if you think about it, we have the same attitude in in churches today. Mm-hmm. It, um, People, you got families with money who are running things that think they're better than everybody else, or they they control everything that goes on because they're the family with the money. Yeah, the um, highest giver. Yeah, so that you know, so they sit in places of honor. You got people who have degrees who are, you know think they're above, you know, the the lay person out there and the thing. Or you have people who are on the stage and think that. Hey, just because I'm on the stage, I'm you know, and you're not, you don't ever get asked. You, you have you, you see these little, unfortunately, you see these clicks in the church. You know. Trying to help us. Yeah, it's sad, and and right. and it's it. What people need to understand is what Paul says in First Corinthians. We're we're one. Uh, well, he didn't say that in First Corinthians, but he's talking about the. Well, he does say we're one body. We all have different mm-hmm. talents. We're all. You, the ear is just as important as the eye, and the, mm-hmm. the you know, and so on and so forth. We all got to have each other, and no nobody, you know, because like we 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 elevate pastors, sure. you know, and, and worship leaders, and and you know, elders, uh, people who are in authority, but especially the pastor who you know the main pastor is up there preaching every Sunday, you know, 
those poor guys, I was one for a long time, full time. They live in a fishbowl, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we elevate this person like he's Jesus himself or like a pope or something. And and you know, and it, we shouldn't do that. We they're they're just they're just dudes like us. You put a lot on your authority type of figure a lot more than what's actually supposed to be laid upon them. Yeah. So we have to be careful with that. We, we, my point in all this is saying that we're all, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. We're all washing the blood of Christ. We all have the same Holy Spirit. Nobody is better than anybody else. Nobody uh, is more esteemed than anybody else. We're one body. We're one flesh. And we all have one goal, one purpose, and that's to serve the Lord and, and to make disciples of others. Mm-hmm. And win people to Christ, to the kingdom, and grow His kingdom. You mean that's not just the pastor's job? No, that's okay. ours. <laughs> we are releasing the sound, cause the lost generation to be found. All you grinded podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. We start at 10 a.m. and we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous, and you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. Right. Yes, I knew that. Yes, I knew that. Yes, that. <laughs> You're being facetious. Facetious. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people chase titles in churches. Oh, yeah. Just because they have a title. Yeah, if you can't hear Shelby very well, she said that she feels like people chase titles. But what does Jesus say? You know, if you want to be greatest in the kingdom, then you're going to be the least. You're going to be the servant of all. He he washed everybody's feet and said, "You go and do likewise." That's what. That's where our heart needs to be. Yeah. Regardless of whether we have a title or not. I am not a fan of the titles myself. I have quite a beef with them. But um, I won't get on my soapbox there. Um, But we are all, you know, it says he doesn't regard us as um, Jew or Greek or slave or free, right? Um, that, That he sees us all the same. And I jokingly said, I think last podcast, I was like, I'm his favorite, right? But so are you. And so are you. Right? Um, well, I think that's a beautiful mentality to have, though, because if we, if each one of us viewed ourselves as God's favorite and actually got to the heart of what that means, then we would want to be close to Him. And as we get close to Him, we see His heart for the others around us, the, the pastors, the worship leaders, the people in the you know, public eye or just the people in the pew sitting next mm-hmm. to us, mm-hmm. you know, or the people at the grocery store, right. you know, we begin to get God's heart for ourselves, which in turn gives us his heart for the people around us, mm-hmm. which takes away all that junk of, I got to be up there. Mm-hmm. I have to be in the, in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I have to be better than you or, or, or I've got to have the, uh, the next thing or the, mm-hmm. or be the next person or the one that you see, the one that you call on. 
You know, it gets rid of all that junk. And we see that with the, even with the disciples when the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2. It, it, it's a game changer. Yeah. It's a game changer. Um, talking about the titles. I, I, don't, I don't do the titles thing either. And when I was preaching full time and I'd go to a new church and they'd say, we're going to put your name on the sign out by the road. And I was like, nope. Don't put my name on. I don't. You know how they put pastor so and so, or you know. I, I said, you just put everyone's a minister here or something like that. Don't put my name on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they would do it anyway, but it's because you know tradition. <laughs> we like tradition. Gotta have it. Yeah, we did a podcast yeah, on traditions. Yeah. <laughs> Not too long ago. All right. Uh, anything else y'all want to add to that that little story there? Or do you want to move on to blind Bartimaeus? Well, can we can we read the rest of the scriptures yeah. real quick? Over to you, Shelby. Read on, Shelby. To what verse? 38 through 45. Again, it talks about him saying, I, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Okay. It's the same thing you told him last time. Yeah, I know. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. By the way, James and John, their mom the boys. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it there? I forget the exact reference, but there's a place where it says that their mother went to Jesus. Yeah, so for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was supposed to say. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Salome, their mom went to Jesus. And said, "Can my son sit on your right hand?" <laughs> mama's boys. Yeah. I'm a mama's boy. That's why I said it. I'm the baby <laughs> of the family. I'm a mama's boy. I love my mom. I was. I love my mama. Yeah, I love my mama. Shout out to Peggy. But. <laughs> <laughs> For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Yeah, and if he's our model in everything, you know, then then that's a, what so we are supposed to live out. That we are supposed to serve others mm-hmm. rather than expecting servitude from other people. Yeah, and Chevy wrote out a few podcasts ago about John 13 when he stripped down and took the towel and washed the disciples feet right mm-hmm. as the perfect example of, of being a servant mm-hmm. I mean who would think that the the Messiah would wash the disciples feet or anybody's feet as far as that goes mm-hmm. and here he is washing their feet and people said you're not washing my feet and he said if I don't wash your feet then you don't have no part of me and I don't have no part of you and he said no, don't don't stop at my feet but wash my head my hand, wash me all over that's right <laughs> So, it's a good lesson to learn. A little bit of humility, mm-hmm. right? Because one, I mean, you could go another direction with that pride. You got pride and humility. When when 
when we get out of line and we think we're somebody important, what is that? It's pride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Puffed up. Puffed up, mm-hmm. yeah. And the Bible speaks all against pride from Old Testament to New Testament. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, pride is bad, pride is bad. You need to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Humble yourself and the Lord will exalt you. Yeah. yeah. And obviously James and John here are full of pride and the other ten about to beat them down. <laughs> <laughs> Set them straight. Kind of wonder what those conversations sounded like. Mm. Yeah, that, that's some of the details I wish the Bible would put in sometimes. Right. I would love to know that. I would love to hear that conversation, how that went. I bet it wasn't pleasant. Right. All right. Verse forty-six. Yeah, forty-six through fifty-two. Blind Bartimaeus. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay. <clears throat> then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. Oh, by the way, hold on for a second. Oh. So they're 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 actually coming into Jericho and passing through Jericho on their way to Jerusalem, because in the next chapter, like I said earlier, it's going to be his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. <clears throat> so this is his last hurrah, if you will. Gotcha. Before he, because he's going to be dead within a week. Thanks. All right. Then they came to Jericho <laughs> as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. So I'm sitting here. You can probably hear me typing on my in my notes because I just had this thought where you read that. We know what's on Jesus. Think about this now. We know what's on Jesus. So he's passing through Jericho. He's not hanging around Jericho. He's just passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. He's, he, you know, they're facing. They'll go get this donkey, and he's gonna this un. It's donkey's never been ridden on before, and he's gonna ride into Jerusalem on this donkey and they're going to be the palm branch thing and crying out Hosanna blessed is the son of David and all that but we, we know what's on Jesus' mind because he just told his disciples I'm going to die mm-hmm. and he goes into uh, detail about the, what's going to happen to him so obviously the cross is on his mind death this horrible horrific death that he is about to suffer all this pain that he's about to suffer he's going to be in such agony in the Garden of Gethsemane that Luke says he, his sweat becomes drops of blood, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's on his mind. But yet, he stops to take care of this blind man, mm-hmm. blind Bartimaeus. I think it's a picture of something. I think it's a picture of his disciples. They're obviously blind. They just don't get it. A lot like us. We're blind. 
even Christians who've been following Jesus for a long time, we're, there's a lot of things we're, we're just blind by stuff. We just don't get it sometimes. And we need our eyes opened. Like you said before we started the podcast, Holy Spirit, lead this podcast. Yeah. You say uh, uh, something like this, something similar to this, Lord. Open our eyes. Open, mm-hmm. give us revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Help us to see. We pray for opportunities all the time. You know, divine appointments. Help us to see people who are in need. Mm-hmm. You know, give us those opportunities. <clears throat> He's on his way to die a horrible death, and yet he still takes time for this blind man mm-hmm. who's yelling out to him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I love the fact that he says, you know, what What do you want me to do for you? Yeah, yeah he asked him the question. Right. Like he didn't know. Right, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, God saying in the in the Garden of Eden, where are you? You know, he wasn't yeah. asking about their physical whereabouts because he knew yeah. he saw right he was asking about the position of their heart but so many times he says you have not if you ask not i say that a lot right you have not if you ask not but when we ask believing he will do it and he tells us to ask to seek to knock right we talked about that i think a couple couple times ago um ask seek and knock and um, so Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? All right. Well, it's like you said, you know, on his mind, he, he's got his death. He's got the cross on mind. And, and what's on the other side of the cross? Us, mm-hmm. our salvation, you know. And, but the joy and set the, before him. Exactly. The joy set before him. And that's why he endured the cross. And back in verse 36, he says the same things to James and John. You know, what do you want me to do for you? And then mm-hmm. 51 to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He's continuing to pull out from the heart what's in the people. Mm-hmm. You know, he's after the heart. He's after the the inner man, the depth of who we are. What's inside of you that you want to be brought out? What do you want from me? Right, because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. Right? What's What's in your heart is going to come out in what you say yeah and what, what do you want what do you need yeah yeah you're getting to where, I, where we're going to go here in a little bit um and matter of fact that's what i was typing out because you said that jesus asked what do you want me to do for you and obviously jesus i mean if he knows he what knows. He, yeah if he knows what a pharisee is thinking inside of his home yeah. and he says when the pharisee's thinking if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't let her wash his feet. And Jesus says, "I do know what kind of woman she is." Yeah, and you never, I mean, you never took time to wash my feet. But references throughout Scripture where where it shows Jesus, he perceived their thoughts, he knew what was going and on, called he them knew out. what was in their heart, right? And called them out. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus, and, and that's what I was going to say. And that's what we're going to talk about here in a few minutes because you're talking about people getting angry with God and questioning God. <clears throat> He already he know he he's not oblivious to, to our needs. He knows what's going on in our life. Nothing surprises him. He knew what was gonna happen before it ever even happened. Right. Yeah. Psalm one thirty nine, he says, You know my thoughts afar off. Yeah. Right. You you knew everything in me. He knows a word before it's even formed on our lips. Right? He knows the thoughts of of man. Right. Yet he still asks us. Yeah. But we get mad, like as if God doesn't know. 
and, and like or understand or care. I've been there. I've done. Do you even care that this is happening to me? Well, we know he cares because he says, "Bring all your burdens to me, and I will make them light." Mm-hmm. We either believe that or we don't. But do we do that? Do we take them? Cast or maybe do we take them and then take them right back? <laughs> because it, like, we'll, we'll get more into this in just a second. But I mean, it just goes back. The, the, when people worry all the time. They can't sleep. You know, they're breaking out in the not the hot flashes, but the hot, you know, the hot sweats, the cold sweats, and, and <laughs> nervous, biting fingernails, and, you know, and just, you know, when people get nervous, they, they got ticks, you know, they do these nervous ticks. I'm guilty. And, and, um, is it God doesn't know what's going on in our life, and He knows everything. It, it, like, okay, for perfect examples, when, when Jesus sent the disciples out into the boat, He said, Y'all going to the other side, I'll catch up with you later when He comes walking on the water. He knew they were out there suffering in that storm, yeah. and he let them go for hours. Yeah, and then he comes walking by, and he, he walked on past the boat, and they're like, "Hey, what are you, ghost?" Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then he hops in the boat, calms everything down. But he, but he let them suffer through that storm for a while. He didn't right. just just run out there to the rescue. He let them. Through. So God, He knows everything that's going on in our life. Nothing surprises. Nothing catches him off guard. He knows, and he cares. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it goes back to what you were saying a while ago. It's the heart. He he wants us to trust him, which we're going to talk more about that in a minute, about faith and stuff like that. I, I think it's in the Psalms. Um, I, again, I don't remember the exact reference, but it says that, you know the day's fashion before me, as yet there was not one of them. I think maybe 139 or something mm-hmm. like that. But... You know, something I've said for years is, you know, I, I tell people is that God, our, our future is God's past. He's already been there, just like we're saying. He's already been there. He knows everything that's going to happen. He knows every decision we're going to make. He's He has all the power, all the knowledge. He, he knows what's going on. He knows what's in our heart. But it comes back to the dialogue. It always comes back to the relationship. It's what's on the other side of the cross, our hearts being able to connect with his. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what he's drawing out. You know, and you know, I just think, you know, you go back to that that uh, verse thirty six and fifty one, you know, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? It's what what do you need? Like what's in your heart? I already know it, but let's talk about it. You know, and like I said, we're gonna get into it in a little bit, you know, where you know, you're upset with God. What do you need? What do you want? Let's talk about it. You know, and you know, talking about Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus here, I I love that, you know, it says that he he heard that Jesus was coming and then he starts screaming out for him. And people are telling him, No, just be quiet, you know, just you're you're nothing. You're they're trying to push down who he is to be. You know, they're they're trying to quiet out the voice that he's being given, yeah, and he's not and he's not having it. You know, he's he's he gets louder. Let it go. He's he's gets louder. He's crying out even more. He's getting the attention, and at the end, he says, "It's your faith has made you whole." You know, Jesus said to him. But how many times do we let the enemy talk us out of that? How many times do we listen to the enemy saying, "Shut your mouth, shut your pothole," because he does not care about you. It, it You're not important to him. It happens every day. It's be, it, because we take, and just like what we were saying earlier, well, it, I'm his favorite. Well, if I view myself as his favorite, let me be close to him. Let me get to know him. Let me hide away with him. 
let me find him in that secret place. Mm -hmm. But when I take my eyes off of him, I lose my identity. Mm -hmm. And that's when the enemy speaks in and takes my focus off. That's when that's when <clears throat> the distraction comes. Yeah, everything you've been saying is what we're, is what we're going to cover. So well, no, 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 you're jumping jump in. Jump in. Let's no, do it. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.